Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Hello, and welcome to the 35th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Last week, we talked about the parable of the talents, and we dug in a little bit into into the way that Jesus shared with us um, the the hidden meanings inside that inside that parable. And this week, we are going to uh, kind of build off of that and continue talking even more about fear. And so, we've talked uh, the last couple of weeks to the, about my concerns with the stock market and um, and what, how that may impact someone's investments, and that can easily lead uh, into fear and a, an emotional decision making process. Um, the week before, when we, or this past week, when we were talking about the parable of the talents, uh, we talked about how fear wound up getting these servants there um, condemned to the condemned to hell, and so. Um, just a reminder there that that we aren't just playing for fun in this game of life, that uh, the stakes are real here. And so you saw um, just how serious it was, that how serious uh, Jesus takes fear. And and so we're going we're gonna to unpack that a little bit more here, try to understand uh, the different types of fear, where fear comes from, um, how fear can be healthy, and uh, how it can be debilitating as well, and try to, try to give... Uh, give a description to that so you can identify that in your own life. Certainly, I'll be sharing uh, some of the fears that I've had, and we will uh, look at look to the Bible to give us some direction there as well. So, financially speaking, uh, when you're talking about fear, you can look at fear. It's it's all over inside marriage. It's all over inside business. It's in it's inside investing, inside giving. And so, this you know very much pertains to our focus here on this podcast. And so, first thing to understand is that there is a spirit of fear. Second Timothy one seven says, "For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind." And there are other spots in the Bible that they go into this too. And so, you have to understand that that spirit is, or excuse me, that fear is a um, is a demonic spirit here. That that is not from God when it is when it is a fear um, like we're going to unpack here now. And the Bible talks about fear, mentions the word fear 300, over 300 times. And, and um, we're going to cover those some more, including the the healthy kind of this, which is actually a fear of the Lord. And so, um, but fear, as we think about it, it can be debilitating. You think back to, uh, I don't know if you're like me at all, but think back to like high school uh, when you're giving a speech in front of a class or, you know, in your uh, career, if you're, uh, when you're speaking to the company, I, I can talk about those that uh, I remember in, in high school um, at one point I, I used to be just fine reading just fine speaking in front of uh, in front of the class but but something happened to me my sophomore and junior year of high school and I just began to get overwhelmed by fear to a point where I had to um, fake being sick to avoid fainting because of fear uh, of, spe- of speaking or just reading, just literally reading in front of the class. Like I, I, it would, it would overwhelm me. And I think back, um, 
even in my, in my career in, in construction, uh, after I had been with the company for years and, and been in leadership, I would still uh, get the nervous shakes while I'm speaking to, uh, to the audience. And so uh, to the audience, which these are my peers and oftentimes, you know, my employees, I should have had a higher level of confidence than I did. And uh, what happened was uh, I got a nugget of truth there and, and, and that I was being self-centered. And so when we think about that for someone who is dealing with that fear of public speaking, um, it's often self-centeredness that is that's at the root of this. And, and what, what I realized is that it was I'm so much more concerned about what they think of me than I am about them hearing the message that I'm trying to deliver them. And if I'm speaking, there should be a reason for it. And if, if there's a good reason, then they, I want them to get that message. But I was just so much more focused on me than I was on them. Um, there are other nuggets of truth that will that will help you out as well. That one obviously helped me um, figure out how to stop being so nervous. Um, but perfect love drives out fear. And so you think about that and you understand um, why why am I being fearful in the first place? And when you realize the perfect love that we have from the Father, it will drive out that fear. Uh, also, you can understand the power of your words. And so uh, my my grandfather actually used this example for me when he was teaching me about the power of words. He said, all right, think back to a time when you were scared. And I, and I went back to the, I've got a memory in my head of, um, you know, we didn't live in the the best area of town and there had recently been two shootings um, within the last couple of weeks and I'm a young boy and uh, I'm home alone and so I hear I hear you know, noises in the old house and so he tells me all right now stay in your head I'm not scared I'm not scared I'm not scared and think of the feelings that you you come up with when you say that like I'm not scared I'm not scared I'm not scared what what starts to happen inside your um inside your body is you, you start to get feelings of being scared. You just, fear is coming over you. But he said, if instead you said, I'm courageous, I'm courageous, I'm courageous. Well, what happens? It, it changes. It changes the atmosphere inside my head to begin to think of courageous things rather than fearful things. Um, so when you look at this, though, so, uh, the other thought I want to share was about bravery. Bravery is literally being scared, but still proceeding anyways. And so I wanted to share the story of Elisha and the Syrian army um, out of Second Kings chapter six. And so the background here is is battle plans for you know for the Syrian army against Israel kept getting downloaded to Elisha, and then Elisha was sharing them with the king. And the king of Syria is is wondering, hey, who's who's in in our ranks is is uh, leaking all of these plans? And they say, no, it's not, it's not that. It's it's actually Elisha. So we'll pick up here. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. He sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God, being Elisha's servant, rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with more. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. 
So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And, and, and this goes into this actually wonderful story of peace. You know, not, not that many of those in the Old Testament, but, but it goes in this wonderful story there. And so, again, uh, being brave um, can allow you to be scared, but, but just having truth inside of you, those nuggets of truth inside of you, uh, and still proceeding anyways. The, you also think back to Joshua. Um, Joshua is told, as the Lord is, is giving him this, uh, this charge to go, and, and take over the Israelites and take take over where Moses had left off. He tells him in a matter of a few verses, be strong and courageous three times, three times in a row. And then he, he ends with, have, have I not told you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And th- those are commands, by the way. So this is in Joshua 1.9. Um, so he tells you, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. And he says, you know, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so when you look at the, the what bravery looks like, bravery is, is knowing that this is a situation that the world would tell me I should be scared about, but I'm not because I know that the Lord is with me and he, he's, he's going to um, deliver me. All right. So getting into some of the fears that that um, can, can absolutely plague us, you've got a fear of running out. And so this often comes into the idea of when you're talking about giving. And so... Jesus praised the woman who gave her last two mites. And the, the Bible doesn't say this, but um, and, I, and I'm not a prosperity gospel guy, but I, ha- I would have a hard time leaving that she gave her last two mites and then starved to death. And that just doesn't match the nature of God. Uh, on, our, on our website, I was just looking at this here again yesterday, preparing for the podcast that on our website, one of the quotes we put up there is a lot of people say they want to make an impact on the world, but they stay on the sidelines. Our goal is to bring clarity and security to your financial picture so you can spend without guilt and give without fear. There are a couple of issues with that because uh, uh, security is not is, is found only in God and not in, in money. And if your steward doesn't belong to God, you know, it doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God. Um, but the, idea of giving without fear is still something that that we really tried to drive home with with clients is you you can you can absolutely give when when god is your source when you are doing this to um to honor him and you're not giving to get and you're not giving because you have to but you're giving with a cheerful heart you can give without fear because you know that he is going to take care of you there is the fear of losing um this could be in, in, inside investing, in which you, see you need to you know, figure out a healthy risk tolerance here. Um, but you think think inside football, fear of losing. And when a team gets up early and they play prevent defense, and you see prevent defense uh, play, started too early and can go wrong a lot because of you change the whole, you, you shift the whole um, mentality, and then the field the field starts to turn against you here. And a lot of people would say, you know, in this fear of losing, yeah, it's best not to play. And so the Theodore Roosevelt has this famous um, story he, he gives about the man in the arena. And I'm going to read that to you here. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. <laughs> Think of a uh, uh, the, or what they call the armchair quarterback <laughs> sitting there watching football on TV and, and, and condemning the, the players. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, 
who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. Think back to the, the, the parable of the talents again, where you know Jesus calls this wicked and slothful servant. And, you know, he's, he's fearful, he buries the talent, and, and it was taken from him. He's cast in outer darkness because he just wouldn't even, he, he never stepped into the arena. He just said, hey, I, this, this is scary. I don't, I don't know how to do this. And so he stayed on the sidelines. He buries his talent. That is this, you know, the, you know, the, uh, those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. Another one, fear of standing out. And so this is easy to think about uh, for kids, but I would argue that it's just as relevant for adults here. Uh, so, so for kids, you, you think back to like, you know, a kid can have a fear of standing out for not having the right shoes, you know, going, going to school in our day. Like if you didn't have Doc Martens, well, then you were, you were an outcast because everyone had Doc Martens. And, you know, we joke about that now, but the reality is like, well, it's still hits adults today too. the, you know, heaven forbid that someone catches you wearing white after Labor Day. And so the, the sphere of standing out, not conforming to culture is, is absolutely something that uh, drives us into poor decision making. I, uh, I was recently going to New York for uh, uh, some business meetings with, with billionaires. And so I'm, as I'm getting ready to go, I'm looking at, looking at my clothes unpacking and thinking, man, I don't have the right suit for to go and, and meet with a room full of billionaires. And so I, I need to go get a better suit. So I go and, and I go and get a better suit. And after doing so, just start having these, these thoughts come over me. I wound up uh, going to return the suit. And I, I wouldn't wear the suit. I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt now. I, I would much rather wear this than a, than a fancy suit. And I probably wouldn't wear that very often at all. So I, I go and return the suit. And, and then it just comes, comes to me like, you know, most of these, these older, very wealthy people who've, who have fought through the, you know, had the marred and dusted face, uh, the, they don't care about needing to do business with someone who's in an, you know, in an Italian suit. And so, you know, it's just another little piece of truth comes over me and helps me to overcome that fear. But I'm going to continue sharing these with you. I, I, I have plenty of fears that I'm still dealing with today. Um, here's a different one. Fear of being overly Christian. And I, I think back to think back to in grade school and I went to a I went to a um, you know Christian private school and it wasn't cool to wasn't cool to to be Christian. It wasn't cool to do the stuff that um, that we were being taught to do. And as I and I, I was a. I've shared this before. Like I was, I was a long way off in my, um, in in terms of the the person that I was. I I had a lot of things wrong, um, but as we get older here, and I'm starting to spend more time, or I, I just I, I'm I'm digging into the Word. I'm I'm humbling myself more. I am asking the Holy Spirit to change me. Things start changing from the inside out, and I can no longer operate the same way that all of my friends do that the friend group i've surrounded myself with 
are doing things that just don't align with me anymore. And so I start transitioning out of out of that into more of the man I am today. And yeah, I faced I faced a, a ton of ridicule and and I'm gonna say levels of persecution. There's nothing like what they faced in Africa or the Middle East or, or even you know over in Asia. Um, you know, but the still facing facing strong persecution for just not wanting to not wanting to to drink and cuss and do the same things that I used to do um, in the way that I used to do them. So it brought up the scripture to mind of uh, Mark 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 38, where Jesus says, Whoever will be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. I do not want Jesus to be ashamed of me to God. I want to, I don't want to be the, um, you know, back to Columbine and the Columbine shooting when, when the girl is, is basically threatened and says, you know, do you believe in, in Jesus Christ? And she says, yes, and she's killed. But the bravery that she had, um, that's something that I, you know, still think about how do I, how do I make sure that I, when put in the spot in the moment, um, that I, I am not shy and ashamed of Jesus. Um, Thinking about being, you know, this idea of being willing to stand out here, Joseph with his brothers. And so he's willing to share his dreams, even though he knows that it is not going to be well received. Uh, Fear of taking a stand against something. And so we learn about this, uh, you know, at a a young age when it comes to bullying. You know, do you stand up for, for someone who's getting bullied in school? There's a there's the old country song by Aaron Tippin said, I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll save you that. But you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And so you think about um, is thinking about David's brothers and the men of King Saul's army um, had a fear of standing up against something in the name of in the name of God, the one that they claimed to serve. But they were so fearful that they wouldn't stand up to Goliath. And so they needed they needed the, the little shepherd boy to come in and show them what it looks like to, to take a stand against something. Um, fear of failing. You look at this and you think about, uh, you know, I'm not going to try out for the team because I don't think I'll make it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to ask the girl out because what if she says no? I'm not going to start the business because she, um, you know, it'd be, because what if I fail here? Or I'm not going to ask for the business, whether you're, you know, in sales or somewhere else like that. I'm, I'm not even going to ask for, for the sale. Um, because I'm protecting myself from from the wound of rejection. So as you look at these, these are some fears that you know, common fears that a lot of people here face. There are also, and I'm, I'm going to preface that by saying in the West, because there is a whole different type of fear um, in other parts of this world here that that especially us in America that we are we are pretty oblivious to, and you know we don't have to fear starving. We don't have to fear. Um, so we don't have to fear someone coming and, you know, killing us, making us a martyr for our faith. We don't have to fear um, the the war the way that other pe- parts, you know, people in the other parts of the world do. Um, so we have these honestly more shallow and shallow and somewhat embarrassing fears. I still I still battle fear of running out, uh, even though I've seen God provide over and over and over again. Um, the <clears throat> I, I had this fear of, you know, when I was deciding to leave construction and go into finance, what people would think of me. And, and often it was the, the people whose opinions or even potential opinions that they hadn't shared with me weighed on me the most were people who, who 
quite honestly did not deserve that. They did not deserve that type of real estate inside my head. And so um, you, you, people talk about this. Like, we spend a lot of time trying to impress these people we don't even care about. Well, I, I was dealing with that when it came to this career transition. And then when I decided to start the hedge fund, man, I doubled down on that hard. Um, and then I go back to all the way back into grade school when I was putting myself out there a little bit further and a little bit further inside hockey. And I was, and I was, had fears of what would, what would these people think of me? They weren't, they weren't in the arena. They were on the sidelines, but I still cared about them and, and how they would, how they would make fun of me. Um, now <clears throat> inside this world of finance, I've got a fear of giving bad advice, um, especially, you know, and, uh, and impossible to predict, um, market of, for investments, um, but I also have some fears I think are that lead to healthier, uh, that they fall under this, this fear of the Lord and they, they lead to, uh, some healthier practices for me. And that'd be like the fear of pride. I, I fear pride. I have seen what it's like to be incredibly cocky. I, I was incredibly cocky younger in my life. And I, I don't want that as I continue to see more success. I have a fear of, of being prideful and so i constantly <clears throat> is it my prayer is it's constantly to the lord that he helps me to grow in humility the rest of my life i don't want to i don't want to have to go through learning that lesson the hard way of, of pride again i also have fear of uh, of ever uh, being unfaithful to my wife and so i am you know praying that the holy spirit continues to uh, help help me die to my flesh and help me um and help me just flee temptation and just i continue to turn up the, the spot you know turn up the dial on that where a lot of people think i am i'm just way out of touch with how far i go to flee temptation but it's just i don't want i don't want the other the other side of things i, I would so much rather be be weird because i won't talk to uh, a woman who's dressed in a provocative way than see myself falling into temptation there and doing something I would deeply regret. So mo most of these fears, um, they, they fall into the category of fear of man. And so you look at this, you know, don't disappoint someone. Am I going to lie to hide something or I'm going to get way out of balance at work to impress a boss? Like we don't want to disappoint people. That is a fear of man. Um, there's also the fear of rejection. And so when you think about uh, rejection here, which is something that that is a, a very common issue today that um, kids and adults are facing. Social media has absolutely amplified. Um, when we think about rejection, look at the last two days of Jesus's life before you know. You know the the Thursday when he was you know after the Last Supper as he's rejected by his disciples, and then Friday and and just how much he was he was rejected there. You will understand that you're not alone in this. So the mocking, the condemning, the brutality of what he faced, um, and his disciples left him there alone. He left them alone. They had all of these people who who just turned on him, even though these are the people that he's coming to save. And and the um, the rejection that, that Jesus faced there was beyond anything that any of us could ever imagine or, or endure. Um, also want to spend a minute just talking about the herd mentality. You got to be careful with this. You know, back to the whole idea of standing out, fear of standing out. There were, so when you go into the, the time where Jesus is be, being beaten, you have soldiers spitting on Jesus, absolutely beating him. We talk about the, the, um, 
the whip that they use not being a normal whip, but but being one that is full of bone fragments and pieces of metal to literally tear flesh out. And then as they take the crown of thorns and beat it into his head, but they also they sit there and spit on him and, and mock him. Um, there is depends on you know which which translation you you pick up here, but somewhere between either 150 to 200 soldiers or 600 soldiers there that were doing this to him. So this huge amount of people coming and just um, brutally attacking and mocking Jesus. So now surely some of them saw the miracles that he did and some of them heard his teachings. They were around policing the area as crowds were gathered to listen to Jesus talk. So surely they heard some of those teachings and they saw the miracles he performed. And also he healed the centurion servant that that wasn't just something that would have just you know gone on quietly like people people would have talked about that that would have funneled through and so there had to have been soldiers in that in that uh, group who even though they were you know coming from a pagan way of life that would have thought to themselves like this is wrong this is definitely wrong but because the herd was doing it they went along with it you look at the chief priests, the elders, uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of these religious leaders who were, who were, um, you know, so critical of Jesus, and they heard his teaching. They were there. They heard his teaching. They saw the miracles that he did. Um, but again, the herd mentality prevented them. And and we know that that um, they had a hardened heart. That they didn't have. You know, Jesus says so many times. You know. If you have eyes to see or ears to hear, and so they're often, you know, we can certainly assume that there's there's some of that going on, but but only two people uh, inside those ranks, you know, are are ever noted for standing out. And you've got Nicodemus who who was willing to stand up and stand out against it, and Joseph of Arimathea. Um, you know, Joseph was a, a member of the council, unlikely the Sanhedrin. He stood out. Um, he's mentioned in all four gospels for being willing to boldly. Uh, boldly go to Pilate and ask for ask for the body of Jesus. And then he gives Jesus what, well, you know, fortunately it's more like he, he let Jesus borrow his his tomb that he had uh, carved out of out of stone or out of out of the rock. Um, and so those who were bold are are remember, but everyone else, I mean, I I don't want to know how or I, I think we probably know how that how that wound up for for all those religious leaders who um, so brutally mocked and, and ordered the, the killing of Jesus because they wouldn't stand up against the, the herd mentality. So on to the, the right side of this. Our fear should be a fear of the Lord. Bible talks about this plenty. You, uh, you can't fear man and fear the Lord. It's, it's very similar when the Bible says you can't serve God and mammon. Uh, you can't serve two masters. When you when you fear men, it, it diminishes your fear of the Lord. But as your fear of the Lord begins to increase, your fear of man begins to decrease. And so the fear of the Lord is where we want to we want to be. Proverbs one seven talks about um, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so we often talk about the fear of the Lord as a reverence to God, and no doubt that is that is what it is. But a healthy fear of of the Lord and a fear of hell would do us some good. And so we think about, um, you know, as a parent, you try to, you, you try to help your kids have a fear of certain things that, that we don't want them to do. You know, we want to fear getting in trouble. So, you know, I, I fear getting in trouble. So I learned not to do bad things. Um, you know, I don't want to spend an eternity in hell. Um, 
Jesus makes some comments that shoot pretty big holes into our our standard Western uh, theology around salvation. And so uh, I have a fear of the Lord and a reverence to him, but I also have a fear of, I, I don't want this, the, the, the potential downside here of, of eternity and hell. That scares me too. So that motivates me to to dig into his word, to know him better, and to to try to live out the life that he wants me to live. Um, we, the idea of, of how do you handle fear, there should be a faith that overcomes your fear. And so we, we talked about Elisha earlier, um, you're talking about Elijah, um, you know, he received the word of God and then proceeded in faith. And he took on an entire people calling down fire from heaven and mocking their gods. Um, and so this faith over fear, you know, kind of back, back to this idea of bravery. Um, so a, a God-sized calling on your life will not be a piece of cake. We're so often, you know, seeking easy, seeking God to make our situation easier. Um, but if, if you're doing what God's asking you to do, it's probably going to be challenging. And we, we, we just so easily read over these, um, these stories in the Bible that are monumental achievements or monumental underdogs. And we rarely give them context of, of what that would really have been like to, to be like a, in the story of Elisha, to be completely surrounded by, uh, an army looking to hunt you down. And then you just rise up in that to say, no, look, look what's around them. And you see the angels that's, that's beyond them. Um, it's life giving when you figure out how to, how to let your faith overcome fear. Back into, into finances to, to wrap this up here. Um, you know, the, the fear of running out can ruin marriages. The, um, keep you know fear can keep someone from obeying god or doing you know what the the desire that he's put on their heart um fear of failing can stifle the plans that god has for your life and so um as you know from an investment standpoint when people when people come talk to me obviously i i get paid to give people financial advice but you know the normal financial model is you get paid to have assets under management so give me your assets i'll put them in the stock market and i'm going to charge you a, a fee for that the best investments that I ask people to do is the two. One, you can make it into the kingdom of God. Jesus tells us what the type of reward that we would receive then. Um, and the other one is into yourselves. And both of these are counterintuitive. So um, if I if I need more, why would I give why would I give money away? And Malachi three ten says, "Bring ye, bring the full tithe in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test," says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need, uh, Luke six, uh, chapter six, verse thirty-eight says, "Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be pressed or will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you." Just encouraging us: give and it's coming back. Give with the right heart. Don't give, don't give to get, but give with the right heart and it's coming back. Even though that's counterintuitive, that's. That's this upside down kingdom that, that Jesus has set up. Um, you know, why would I risk everything in starting a business if, if, if you know, my, my friends and family are going to think I'm nuts, which all great businesses have that uh, in common. And, you know, that early on in those ideas, you know, people, people shot them down for sure. Uh, I'm going to dump in my life savings. I'm going to stop receiving a paycheck. I'm going to work brutally long hours, push past all sorts of barriers of inadequacy. Um, why would you do all that? And, and, you know, if, if you're not going into a business or you're not doing it for giving, you know, think about what else um, God is asking of you. 
And if you don't have anything that you know that God is asking of you, let me challenge you to to take some time and to think about this, to actually give give time to to pray to him, for him to him uh, to share that with you, and then take time to listen. Um, so uh, on Monday coming up here is is my wilderness day. It's a it's an idea that um, that Chuck Weaver had shared with me on on a day of solitude. I call it a wilderness day, just a day that I'm going to spend completely isolated from from other people, from technology, to just soak in the, the Word of God, to be still and to be listened, or to, to listen. And so, if you don't feel like you have a an idea of what the Lord is, is asking you to do, the calling He's put in your life, I would encourage you to get in there and, and try that. Make some time to hear from the Creator of the universe. It would probably benefit you. And I know it benefited me the last time I did it. I literally heard the voice of God. And yet, I here I am. It's been months since I've done that. So, I'm Getting back into that habit now because I know how important it is. Um, so back to the question: Why? Why would you do all that? Why would you? Why would you give the money away, or why would you put yourself through that hardship of entrepreneurial, not the entrepreneurial journey, um, or whatever it else is that the Lord is 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 calling you to do? And back to Joshua one nine: Have I not told you to be strong and courageous? I told you that. Have I not told you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I hope this encourages you. Hope you're able to put fear into the right context here and understand how you can begin to diminish the fear of man. Recognize it. Call it out. Be be open and vulnerable about the fears that you have, um, even with the people that you have them about. It's incredible how how um, liberating that feels when you tell the person that you're fearful of that I'm fearful of you and, and give them the reason why. It's incredible how you just feel free after that and then begin to relevate your fear of the Lord in reverence to him, but also in the context of I want to live out this life to everything that you want me to be. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.